Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. <laughs> I am. I'm actually trying. Oh boy! And now my idea well, tree has moved. It's walked away. Hang on. Your tree has moved. It's walked away. It's my IKEA tree that I bring for podcasts. And oh, that's funny. Hang on. Let's get it. Well, hey, good news. On with the show. You said so. Hey guys, welcome <laughs> to another. <laughs> oh boy! It's my so, IKEA you know, tree. Welcome to the IKEA tree show yeah yeah well uh i'll i'll sk- you already know where you're at guys we'll skip all that uh <laughs> i've got james vickery here today with me benchmark 360 uh you were actually just here a few weeks ago i was and it was i had the time of my life and so i'm really glad to be back i i too had the time of my life i forgot how fun it is to talk with you we need to never wait as long as we did again i agree I totally and, agree. Uh, In fact, let's do and, this again next week. Maybe. We'll see how this one goes. I, You know, I, I got to keep my Australian times down to like two a month. Otherwise, I start getting yelled at. Well, I mean, uh, we were just talking before the show that you had Jamie uh, Warner from Envirosoft on the show. Um, yeah, he was here yesterday. It was yesterday. And he was like, you know, I saw him a few days ago. He was like, man, I've got to do this show at two in the morning, and I was like, ha because <laughs> I've managed to negotiate at 7 a.m. for me, which is hey, it's still a little early, but at least I've got time for coffee. You know, yeah. I'm awake. Poor 2 a.m. doesn't do it. Yeah. I don't, 2, 2 a.m. doesn't feel early. It feels late. You know what I mean? Like It doesn't feel like a time of day for me at all. <laughs> I know, right. we're, I know feels... we're 24 by 7 by 365, but I'm not. I'm personally not right. 24 by 7. But, Jamie, it, everyone should check out Envirosoft. Everyone should check out that product. It's good. I agree. It, oh. is, it is a really neat product. Oh. I have uh, – I honestly, I didn't expect it to be as cool as it was. He's done. He's, if I'm, if they've I'm done a lot honest. of work, haven't they? In recent yeah. times, yeah. So, so not that I don't love talking about other people's businesses, but <laughs> let's let's talk about what we said we were going to talk. About. Yeah. Um. So, so you said, hey, you know what? Why, why don't you explain it? Because I'm sure you you can do this much better than me. I just know that you really enjoy helping the MSP community. Hmm. Um. So, so why don't you fill people in on on what your your vision is for today? Cool. Um, thank you again for having me on the show. Um, and yeah. I just feel, you know, I've been in this industry for twenty years. Um, started as an MSP. Uh, actually, didn't start as an MSP. Let's let's face it. I started as a computer guy. You know, someone that went around and fixed people's computers and. You know, I would just knock on doors and charge an hourly rate and then eventually we became an MSP later on down the track. And the thing that um, I always struggled with was sales or I thought that I struggled with sales um, because I was a tech, 
you know, as a techie guy, I wasn't I wasn't a sales guy, and I didn't really like the idea of being a sales guy either. Um, but over the years, I got I think reasonably good at it, and got really good at handling objections as well. Um, so I'm on a bit of a mission to get everyone in our industry up to a particular level because I think that we really should value who we are and I think that we should all should be paid really well for what we do. I think okay. that, um, Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. And so anything that I can do to, uh, to, to, to help with that, I think benefits everybody. I think it's great for the industry. I think the more that our industry is charging, the better it is for um, the, the, everybody. Right, I think that I think the better that we all are at sales, the more we can agree that there are some some standards, there are some professional standards, and we tend to have those in other industries, and we tend to lack those in the MSB space. And so, I'd like to see that um, improve. And anytime I can jump on a show and talk about that sort of stuff, that's what I'm going to do, man. That's very cool. And I know that um, you know you've got your own podcast, but. It almost feels like this podcast might be better in some regards, only because of how long I, I make this thing. Um, what what you don't know is I recently, uh, like like literally last week, I started doing it to where all of my episodes that happen on YouTube, I'm I'm now like cutting them up and nice. and uploading smaller chunks. But now it's like three or four parts or two or three parts, you know. Um, what are you doing, Kat? She's been crazy today. Uh, <laughs> oh, last episode was was a treat, let me tell you. Um, so at some point, I'm going to pause. I'll, I'll click my tongue three times, pause again, and then I'll, I'll like continue with another question. And that's just making it easier for me to like find the break point to split it. Uh, un- until I figure out a better solution. Um, <laughs> so without further ado, um, I-, I put together kind of like a- an agenda. Um, and-, and full disclosure, I mean, I-, I do put an agenda together for pretty much all of these. But um, this one, I feel like I-, I did it a lot differently just because we're talking about sales objections. Yeah. Um, and by the so, way, everybody, he sends this to the guest about three minutes before the show and says, yeah. This is, yeah, no, no, he sent, you sent it to me, what, two days ago? It's just that I just read it three minutes before the show. <laughs> oh, so earlier I was with Dale Walls and he like, he printed it out. It was, I, oh, wow. I swear it looked like he, it looked like he laminated the thing. I, I think he like turned it into a booklet. Like he, that guy is super prepared. I guess, you know, being a Marine will do that to you. Yeah. Um, so, so I know very quickly, James, um, you've got Benchmark 365. It is basically a help desk knock outsourcing uh, mm. service. And mm-hmm. your team are all in Philippines? Yes, uh, Philippines and Australia. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about the Philippines is they actually sound more American than some Americans uh, just because <laughs> of how they learn uh, their English. So if you're worried about the, the dialect or, or, you know, rough English or anything like that, you don't have to worry about that with, with benchmark reach out to, to James or just go to benchmark 365.com and you can learn all about um, 
the help desk service. Um, today, I feel like I feel like some of this stuff applies to Benchmark too, but I feel like what we're really talking about is your MSP. So, can can we get some like background on your MSP? Like, how big is it? What's your annual revenue like? You know that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so, I don't focus too much on the MSP side of my businesses anymore because Benchmark has um, just gone absolutely mental since we started the company five years ago. Um, We started Benchmark just purely through people knocking on my door in the channel saying, hey, how did you do that Philippines thing? Um, You used to be the smallest um, MSP in town. Now you seem like you're winning business all the time. And we did that by being able to scale. Um, let's let's just call a spade a spade. Um, labor's really expensive. Um, I think uh, most MSPs I speak to in the United States are, um, are like struggling to keep up with wage growth um, when it comes to engineers. And yet, what we've seen is stagnant um, MSP pricing for nearly really for nearly twenty years. Um, and I wrote a book about that called Infinite Scale and so on. And so um, uh, our MSP started when it, back in 2003. It wasn't an MSP, as I said. It was just me running around fixing computers and um, trying to look good and trying to just make a buck. Um, over time, we grew that to around nine people in Sydney um, and grew it to, at that particular point in time, about $1.5 million in revenue not making any money, truth, truth be told. Um, by the time I paid nine people in Sydney, by the time I paid for an office, by the time I paid for all the stuff that I needed to do, wasn't really there wasn't really much left over for me. Um, and so we started a journey of um, uh, offshoring business. Um, pretty much ended up around 2.5 um, after we did that because I focused almost all of my time and energy on sales. And then since then, sort of remained around that level and focused more on, on the benchmark side of things. Just where my, it's where my people and my attention are these days. Got it. Does that make sense? About it 50, does. 55 customers, um, mostly in New South Wales, Australia, um, but a little bit in um, the north and the south. Yeah. Very well. cool. Mm. Very cool. And and today, I suspect your MSP has a pretty healthy profit margin, thanks to um, the Philippines. It does. Yeah. Uh, yes, it does, and for, and other reasons as well around rethinking everything about the model. Everything about the model. I mean, the the, the challenge that we have in our industry is that these the vendors are very good at selling products to managed service providers, particularly smaller, vulnerable managed service providers, where it's like buy our PSA and that's get once you've got that in place, your MSP will scale. Buy our RMM and you'll be able to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of endpoints. The sky's the limit, blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, when I started the outsourcing component, I also started to look at other other industries and how they would skim the cat and they skim the cat a lot differently from us so you know there are just things that we just spend less money on than the average msp we get the same result we get the exact same result um if not a better result and so that's why that msp is very profitable yeah so before we jump 
into sales rejections. Um, mm. Let's take let's take a brief moment to make sure MSPs are even able to ask questions that people mm. can object to. Um, mm. So, marketing, right? You got to you got to do some marketing. I mean, sure, referrals happen and. Mm cold leads from Google can happen, but mm. for the most part, when you went and, and obtained new prospects, it was through marketing, <clears throat> networking, mm. that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what does your marketing process look like or what did your process look like um, when, when you were really going strong with the MSP and, mm. and bringing on new clients? Mm. Well, the first thing I want to say is that growing a professional services business, because that's what an MSP is, it's not it's not a product business. You know, we're not selling widgets on Amazon. Uh, we're selling ourselves. We're selling our expertise and our professionalism. That's, that is a marathon, not a race, right? So everybody's looking for that edge where you're going to get 10 leads a day and, you know, pe- you know people are lining up with, you know, wads of cash and they just they just want to buy your managed services. I I just don't think that's a reality. I think that um most professional services businesses endure for something like 20 to 25 years. Um for most people this is their business for life. This is and they they operate within their community. So for me that's Sydney. Um for other people that's wherever they are. And so I think when it comes to marketing it's first and foremost about your own personal brand, particularly when you're smaller, and about people knowing that they can call upon you at some point. Um, but that might not be today. That might not be, you know, um, I think I heard even Jamie from Envirosoft say, you know, if there's not, if blood's not gushing, then people aren't going to buy managed services from you, right, generally speaking. If they don't have a problem today, generally speaking, they won't buy from you. And so um, for me, it's, it's always been about building network and building relationships and being there when the blood's gushing, like being being that first person that pops into their mind, person, not brand name, right? And I think that I think I think the next thing that people tend to make the mistake of in early stage, I've made it, everybody's made this, is thinking that your brand is the thing that's going to resonate. You know, get get a really great logo, get a website, do you know, do blah 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 blah. But you don't have the marketing capital typically to build that brand to be a household name, right? It's not it's not easy to do. But you, as a person, as an individual, as a trusted advisor, as a person of interest, you can market yourself, and people remember. Now, I remember Steve Taylor. That's Steve. Call Steve. Steve will help you out. It's not called call I know IT. It's call James. Talk to James. James will help you. And so I think marketing is about first and foremost building up your 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 brand and your network. Hmm. With with that said, you you didn't answer the question. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, in sales. I mean, sales, man. I don't know. No, yeah, you're practically a politician. Um, so what? <laughs> What does your your marketing process look like? You know, big picture. Like, do you have you know a, a lead magnet on a website, or an ad in the newspaper? What? How how do you how do you start with people? Right. Um, well, that that it might sound actually. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned the politician because that's what politicians do. They it's ma- it's very manual. 
not automatic. It's very standing standing out on the street corner, so to speak, handing out flyers and business cards. I'm not saying you should do that as an MSP, but if you look at the most successful politicians, they know how to connect with people. So they're at they're 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 at places where there are where there are people. What did my what does my methodology look like? You're just not gonna like it. It's in my book, Infinite Scale. You're not gonna like it because it's not sexy and exciting, but it's organizing lunch. So finding a client and saying, hey, I've got another client and I think you guys would get along really well. I'd like to take you both out to lunch. Right? Two people talking there and then saying to them, hey, could you invite somebody else along for lunch? Is there somebody else that you think might enjoy lunch? Another another service provider, an insurance broker, a financial planner, an accountant. If you're verticalizing, do a do a you grab your accountant and say, can you invite another accountant along for lunch? My treat, right? These are these are people that then you have lunch with, you have a beer with, you have wine with, or whatever it might be. And I not everybody's a drinker, but that over the course of two hours sitting together, eating, chatting, talking, learning. These people are more likely, statistically more likely when they have a problem to phone you up and they are statistically more likely to remember you because you had a nice lunch with them one day, right? And so so everyone's like, what's my, you know, I've got to, I've got to do AdWords or I've got to do this or I've got to do that. Yes, we'll talk about that in a moment. I think these things are, are, are important as well. But the, the real, where my, where my couple of million business came from was that, not from, not from advertising. So when you take people out to lunch, what are you talking about with them? Because um, the the one thing that I think people here sometimes need to be reminded of is uh, your employees are not your friends. They're not your buddies. You don't uh, you don't send the dirty meme jokes to them and, and that kind of stuff. Neither are your clients. You know, think of your client as your boss. So. What what are you talking about with two clients and their connections mm. at, mm. at the lunch table? Yeah, so um, whatever you like, but I think I think that um, it's not pitchy, it's not salesy. I think it's collaborative. Most most businesses are small, Steve. Most businesses, even when you're you're just starting out, you think, oh, that big, you know, accounting firm or that big law firm or that big. Most of them are small businesses that are just a little bit further ahead than maybe you are. You know, they might they might have they might have more years in the game. They might have been at it for ten years, and you've been at it for two. So they're not um, bigger because they're they're smarter or better than you. They've just got time and time in the game. Um, but I think that um, being able to sit down and say these are actually some of the challenges we're having in getting to market could be a good conversation what are your what are some of your challenges in acquiring new clients who are who are your ideal customers and how can I refer them to you who's the best person at your firm to put them in touch with so it's like you 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 so you're right yeah you don't want to be talking about like personal necessarily being f- best friends with them or best mates with them but what you want to do is say how can I help your business what what are some of the challenges your business is having Right? What are some of the issues? You know, what what's the number one objection you get when you try to sell your accounting service or your legal service? What's the objection? Right? And having a collaboration. And then they might ask you the same question and things build over time. It's not a sure thing. And obviously the bigger you make these 
lunches and the bigger the groups and the more people you invite, the more statistically likely you're going to have um, transactions occur off the back of that. That is really cool. And mm. it sounds like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been a, a member of BNI, but yeah. it sounds it sounds like you're taking the giver's gain approach to yeah. these luncheons. Yeah, I've been a BNI member um, before. I, I the, the chapter that I was in wasn't the greatest. Um, I think like a good chunk of the members were, you know, photographers and, you know, bit micro businesses that weren't going to buy managed services and, yeah, or, or they're more like B to C or or MLM selling jewelry out of their trunk or whatever. Like right, and the danger of that is you get referrals that are just noise. And yeah, my, and you feel my grandma's computer has a virus. Right, exactly right. But one thing that I learned through B and I is getting that elevator pitch down pat, and also being very clear and very specific. Like guys, don't ref, don't refer me anything, but. And at the time, I think we our primary target market was law firms. And so it was like, don't, don't refer anything but law firms to us through this through this um, group. That's all we wanted. So being very clear about what you want helps. Um, and I know for a lot of your audience, they're not maybe not quite sure what they want and just want clients, just want money coming in the door. Yeah. And I'd like to think that everyone here has at least a couple clients are things going well at those clients? What, what what industries are those clients? Ask them who else in that same industry in the area that that they would like to to refer you to. Yeah, the you know obviously got to say it in a sexier way than that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so I think uh, so. Your your question was. You know, or you, you said the politician. I think politicians, as much as um, people can, can criticise them, some politicians actually get millions and millions of votes, um, right? And so, and they do that through a lot of grassroots effort, a lot of a lot of relationship building, a lot of showing up at the at, in Australia. Our voting happens at the schools. So, like you know, when the voting time comes around, everybody goes to the local school, and we we you know we have a, you know, a barbecue and we vote. Right. And the politicians are always there and they're always saying, G'day, how are you going? Shaking hands. Where are you from? What street do you live on? Oh, right. Well, we're, we're, we're actually doing some works around there and wanted to tell you about it and so on. Politicians are masters at this. I don't like politicians any more than you do, but they figured out that they can't just go digital. They have to go analog. They have to knock on doors. They have to actually go out and meet people. And the funny thing is, while everybody's going digital, when you're analog, you're the only one. You're the only one. You're the only one that took the time to actually go and see them and have a chat and, you know, bring them a cup of coffee and offer them a sandwich and build a proper relationship, break bread. That's how I built my business. That's it. And to this, yeah, sorry, go. Yeah. What would you tell the the small MSP, the startup MSP that, that has zero marketing budget, zero uh, taking people out to lunch budget? <clears throat> yeah. Um, just just get out and meet people. And these days, it's so I started, I feel like really odd, but I started nearly 20 years ago. So LinkedIn wasn't around. You know, the, the social media oh, wasn't right. a thing. And and so I literally, like I had no, like I was in debt. I had no money. I had no money. And I took my, my remaining few hundred bucks that I had in credit available on my credit card and I went to a printer and I had a couple of hundred business cards printed. 
And then what I did is I went and not like I, I lived in a, you know, in the southern part of Sydney and I went and I went door to door. And I said, hi, my name's James. Um, I've recently started an IT business. Don't want to take up too much of your time. I just wanted to leave my card in case you're having any um, IT issues. Give me a call. And I was very fortunate that within the first week of doing that, I managed to pick up two or three. I picked up three customers and one of them needed um, some new computers. And so that first deal was 10 grand. (laughs) <laughs> 20 years ago, you, you yeah. actually got to make some money on computers. And you actually made margin. And you know what? I actually, I didn't even know what distribution was. I didn't, I'd never heard of Ingram or any of these. And so I went to the local computer shop, which was five doors down. And I said, buy, build five computers. And then I put a margin on it and took them back to the to the office and I installed them. And 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 um, they never once said I could have gone to the store. There's five doors down. They never once said I could have gone to the store and done that myself. And that's when I learned what a valuable service I could provide to these businesses because even though they could have just DIY'd that, they didn't and they paid me probably not enough now that I think about it back then, but it was enough at the to- at the time. It was very, very, very exciting and it was because I took the time to actually interrupt their day and say, how can I help you? Today I would go digital. I don't know about door knocking anymore. I haven't done it for so long that I'm not a, I'm not an expert on it. But at the time, that worked really well. But today, I would door knock via LinkedIn. I would I would I would start that. I would do that same kind of thing, um, but I would use LinkedIn because there's just significantly more scale to do that. So when um, when you get past the hi, I'm James, blah 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 blah. You know now you're now you're working on LinkedIn or maybe you're doing cold calling. And I suspect the first thing that you're trying to do once you introduce mm. yourself is mm. get a meeting after you after you qualify them as a as a prospect mm. that you want to do business with, right? Mm. Um, mm. So so when you when you try and get this meeting, mm. they're probably going to tell you they're busy or they mm. just don't want to or they they don't they they love their IT guy. Yeah, but that's the thing. You're not necessarily trying to get a meeting. And this is, again, this is a marathon, not a race. We're not trying to cross the finish line right now. We're just trying to build a network, a community. Even even today, I don't, we get a lot of inquiry at Benchmark. We don't do a lot of pushy, can you, you know, I don't go out and ask any MSP if they've ever received a call from Benchmark 365, you know, like a cold call or a, or a, or a, a disruptive email from us. We don't, we don't do that. What, what I do is this, you know, um, get out, try to meet as many MSPs as I can, try to talk, try to listen, try to hear objections um, so that I can um, build trust, right, in the, in the marketplace. So, no, we're not trying to get a meeting, but one thing that you can do, one little tip I would offer is when you introduce yourself, you might offer a solution to a problem they might be having. And so an example of that is you might say, hey, my name is Steve. Uh, I'm from, what's the name of your MSP, Steve? Taylor, what? Taylor IT Group. So, but hey, hey, my name's Steve, Taylor IT Group. I'm, I'm in the local area and I just thought it'd be great to connect. That's it. Just great to connect. It'd be great to connect, great to know you. That's it. No, no sell, no push. Hey, no, hey, can I have a coffee? Can we, can we have a meeting? Can we have lunch? None of that. We're not trying to we're not trying to get married. Just hey. But then what you might say is something like, 
one of one of the reasons that people reach out to me is that I've been able to save them X thousand dollars on licensing from Microsoft because most people don't realize that they're overpaying. If you'd ever like me to come and take a look, just let me know. It's, it's not going to cost anything, but it's something that I've helped a lot of local businesses do. Or um, a lot of local businesses don't realize that their, their data is not backed up. And I'd be happy to come in and just give you a professional opinion. No harm, no foul, and no rush. See you later. No follow-up. Just I'm here if you need me. That's it. But is that hard? Okay. Is it no, is no. Yeah. And, no, why, and so, what what see what everybody's looking for is like, great, great, come Steve right now, right now, right now. And you're like, great, here's my pricing and here's my billing and here's a no, we're just trying to build and establish in the mind of the prospective buyer or the prospective referrer who you are and what you do. That's it. Just who you are and what you do because they don't know you from a bar of soap. They don't know you at all. They've never heard of you and they don't care about you. But now they've got someone that just introduced themselves and they're like, great. And you might say, and, and hey, if you ever want to tell me about what you do, let me know. I'd love, I'd love to talk to you. Hey, thanks for listening to part one. Be sure to check back tomorrow for the next episode. 